Let us stand. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Welcome to Lovejoy this morning. If you'll take a look at the back of your bulletin, you will see uh, the things that are going on in the life of the church. Uh, we do have choir tonight. We have the Stations of the Cross and the Arbor. Uh, our next men and women's meetings are in April. Uh, we will have our Monday Thursday service on April 14th, uh, and we will meet again on Tuesday uh, for our third uh, installment of our Lent study, Savior, What the Bible Says About the Cross. And again, uh, if anyone would like to read scriptures or read some of the liturgies or offer a prayer, uh, please let me know. I want some more participation uh, than just me up here talking during worship service. Uh, we've had one or two that have already said yes, so we'll be getting up with those here about next week uh, and see who's going to be here so we can have some other voices reading uh, these things this morning on our worship service mornings. Are there other announcements this morning? I do have one other. Um, Ann Suggs is going to be doing uh, cardiac cardiac rehab uh, starting in the next couple weeks or so, uh, and she is in need of some help getting there and back. Um, the rehab is going to take about an hour. It is in Pinehurst. Um, we have a sign-up sheet in the back if you're willing to help uh, drive if you can. Um, we don't know exactly what days yet. She is lining all that up right now, so she doesn't know when that's going to begin, uh, but she asked if we could, you know, some of us, if we could, to help get her back and forth because she doesn't need to be driving that distance. Uh, and her brother can't do it as often uh, because he's also dealing with some uh, health issues too. Um, so she's looking for anybody to help out if they were willing to do that. Uh, so we have a sign-up sheet in the back. So uh, if you put your name on it and what days you may be available, um, we don't know for sure. But since it's going to be three days, we're thinking Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So if you're if you're able to do any of that, please let us know, and we will line up all that scheduling uh, once we find out what days um, that is for. Um, and seeing no other announcements this morning, let us open with prayer. So let us pray. Holy One, 
When we are alone in the desert, wandering through the wilderness, we call to you, for you are our help. Our souls cling to you. Come, God, and hold us up. Come, bring your presence and fill us with your peace. In the shadow of your wings, we will sing for joy. Amen. Our song of preparation this morning is on number 519. It is Lift Every Voice and Sing. So let us sing.
You may be seated. Thank you for trying that. <laughs> it, is, it is good to try new songs, and I know sometimes it's a struggle, and we, we get off beat, we get off key, we don't know where we're at sometimes, uh, but it's, it's good to learn new things every now and then, so thank you for giving that the, an attempt this morning uh, as we sung that one. Uh, we'll now take time just to lift up our joys and concerns so that we can pray with and for one another. Uh, we do need to uh, lift up the family of Karen Almond uh, this morning. Are there others that we need to add to the list this morning or take off? <laughs> All right. But we need to continue to pray for Carlene. Uh, she is still in the hospital, but hopefully, hopefully, and we're going to pray that she gets to move to autumn care here in, by tomorrow, hopefully, uh, if not Tuesday. We really we need to pray for her to be able to get to that so she can start her rehab, uh, so she can get back home for that. Um, it's good to see Kathy here today. So we are thankful, and we're going to continue to pray for her healing and recovery as she continues to move forward from here. So we are grateful for that. Um, are there others this morning? Well, let us take our prayers to the Lord this morning. So let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we have come once again gathered as your people gathered as the believers, gathered as brothers and sisters in Christ. We have come on this kind of cool morning with the beautiful sunshine to this place to just be set apart for a short period of time, to be able to hear your voice in the midst of all the noise that is around us. So Lord, this morning we come with our celebrations, our thanksgivings of being able to smell the fresh air, uh, to be able to breathe because of the pollen that's now getting out there. We are thankful for the allergy meds. Lord, we are thankful that we were able to roll out of bed this morning and put our feet on the floor. Lord, we are thankful for every breath that we are able to take. And Lord, we have all these names that are on our list, and we have probably many more that are in our hearts and our minds, Lord. So this morning, Lord, we, we lift those names up to you. Lord, we ask for healing where healing is needed. We ask for peace where peace is needed. We ask for comfort where comfort is needed. Lord, we are so thankful that you're there for us, that you're there for these people, that your overwhelming presence can be more than what we are feeling. So Lord, this morning as we have come to this place, Lord, may your presence just come down upon us. May we hear you speak to us this morning as we Sing as we read the scriptures and hear the word proclaimed. 
Lord, may we always remember the prayer that Jesus taught us. Even when we, when we don't have anything to pray, Lord, that prayer is enough. So, Lord, this morning we join with all those who have prayed it over the generations, over the centuries. We join with the voices that have already prayed it this day and that are going to pray it later. So, Lord, this morning we had our voices to that heavenly chorus saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we continue this morning, our first scripture reading comes from the Psalms. It is on page 788 of your hymnal. It's our Psalter reading this morning. It is going to be Psalm 63, verses 1 through 8. Psalm 63, verses 1 through 8. Let us read this psalm together this morning. O God, you are my God, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where no water is. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. My soul is feasted as with marrow and fat, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips. When I think of you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. As we continue this morning, we are continually grateful for all those gifts and offerings that have been given to the church uh, in to uh, support this community as our response to God's gifts. So let me offer this prayer this morning over those gifts. Let us pray. God of grace, you have fed our spirits and nourished our souls. You have supported us in every possible way. May the gifts you bring, we bring this morning be an offering of our gratitude, and may they be a promise to share what we have received from your hand. Amen. As we get into the scriptures this morning, our first Old Testament lesson comes from the book of Isaiah. We are in chapter 55, and we're reading verses 1 through 9. So here now, the Old Testament lesson of Isaiah. All of you who are thirsty, come to the water. Whoever has no money, come buy food and eat. Without money, at no cost, buy wine and milk. 
Why spend money for what isn't food and your earnings for what doesn't satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Enjoy the richest of feast. Listen and come to me. Listen and you will live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful loyalty to David. Look, I made him a witness to the peoples, a prince and a commander of peoples. Look, you will call a nation you don't know. A nation you don't know will run to you because the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, who has glorified you. Seek the Lord when he can still be found. Call him while he is yet near. Let the wicked abandon their ways and the sinful their schemes. Let them return to the Lord so that he may have mercy on them to our God because he is generous with forgiveness. My plans aren't your plans, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Bless you. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my plans than your plans. And then our gospel lesson this morning comes from Luke chapter 13, again verses 1 through 9. So Luke chapter 13 verses 1 through 9. Hear now the gospel according to Luke. Some who were present at the occasion told Jesus about the Galileans who Pilate had killed while they were offering sacrifices. Jesus replied, Do you think the suffering of these Galileans proves that they were more sinful than all the other Galileans? No, I tell you. But unless you change your heart and lives, you will die just as they did. What about those 18 people who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Do you think that they were more guilty of wrongdoing than everyone else who lives in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you change your hearts and lives, you will die just as they did. Jesus told this parable. A man owned a fig tree planted in his vineyard. He came looking for fruit on it and found none. He said to his gardener, Look, I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree for the past three years, and I've never found any. Cut it down. Why should it continue depleting the, soul, the soil's nutrients? The gardener responded, Lord, give it one more year, and I will dig around it and give it fertilizer. Maybe it will produce fruit next year. If not, then you can cut it down. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, as we have heard your scriptures read this morning, may it speak to us. As we hear the message that is to be given this morning, may we hear your voice in it. And may the words of your servant's mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen.
Well, if you didn't already know it, we are in the season of Lent. And this time is a time of preparation. It's a time of giving something up for some of us. It's a time of maybe taking up something. Maybe a time of renewal and reflection for yourself. And we come to this season every year. And we, when we come to this season, we come with a year's worth of issues and problems and joys and hardships and griefs. And basically, life happens. So when we come to this season, do we come expecting something? Do we come seeking something? Or do we come longing for something? Now, during the season of Lent, we are taking a journey through Paul's letters, through Paul's letters to the different churches, to the different people. And we're going through this as a series called Character and Calling. And we're exploring and discovering or rediscovering the essentials of Christian character. So when we began this journey a couple weeks ago, we started out with Paul's letter to the believers in Rome and it was a reminder to us that before we go any further on the journey to the cross, before we look at, the Christian, at what a Christian does, we must remember what a Christian believes. So the first character we talked about was belief. And then last week we heard from Paul's letter to those in Philippi who are God's people in Christ Jesus, where Paul tells these people to imitate him and watch those who live this way, you can use us as models. So Paul was telling the people that the second character is discipline. That it is to learn from others and to form your own discipline in belief. And then this week we go over to Corinthians. Paul has written this letter to Corneth which is sometimes referred to as the America of ancient Greece, according to McGray de Vega. The America of ancient Greece. So that would be kind of a new colony kind of thing. So McGray says that the Corinthian church became the most conflicted in the New Testament. The Corinthians were prone to inflicting, were prone to infighting over many issues. They had arguments over which Christians were the most valuable in the church and over the purpose of spiritual gifts. They got into heavy disagreements over the matter of sexual purity and morality. They had disagreements over which teacher they were actually going to follow. Paul, Peter, Apollos, now, McGray says that this is a church that is about to fracture at its seams, threatening to undo months of hard work in a city that could not afford to lose an important witness for Jesus Christ. So Paul here is doing his best to address the issues that he is hearing about from the community of Corinth. And as we get to the reading this morning, there's some context that we need to understand because we do come in quite in the middle of this letter. Up to this point, Paul has been informed about the things that have happened, and he, he has already addressed a lot of things. He's kind of taking it 
bullet point by bullet point and addressed several things that he has heard about. And this text today is kind of the warnings from all of that summarized. So we're going to hear this morning from Paul in Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 13. And he says, brothers and sisters, I want you to be sure of the fact that our ancestors were all under the cloud and they all went through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. They drank from a spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. However, God was unhappy with most of them and they were stuck and they were struck down in the wilderness. These things were examples for us, so we don't crave evil things like they did. Don't worship false gods like some of them did. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and they got up to play. Let's not practice sexual immorality like some of them did, and 23,000 died in one day. Let's not test Christ. Let like some of them did and were killed by the snakes. Let's not grumble like some of them did and were killed by the destroyer. These things happened to them as an example and were written as a warning for us to whom the end of time has come. So those who think they are standing need to watch out or else they may fall. No temptation has seized you that isn't common for people, but God is faithful. He won't allow you to be tempted beyond your abilities. Instead, with the temptation, God will also supply a way out so that you will be able to endure it. Again, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Warnings. Paul gives. Bless you. So McGray says, in, in a wider cultural divided by political and ideological issues, and a church fractured along multiple theological fault lines, the fractured condition of what we hear in Corinth is alive and well today. McGray says, Paul offers a few pathways to healing for the Corinthians for these divisions. The first he offers is a common heritage, that they are all descendants of the same spiritual ancestors. And then he offers that they all can share a lesson from the mistakes of their ancestors. See, Paul offers the Corinthians a uniting call to holiness. And holiness is what our third character and calling is. Holiness is the state of being holy, which is the state of being devoted to the service of God. So here, Paul is telling them that despite all their differences, they are unified in their devotion to the service of God. And they, have, they are held accountable to God and to one another. What can we learn from the lessons of Corneth. Well, when we turn on the news, when we look at social media posts, or even when we look around the neighborhood, we can see division. We see 
arguments and grievances that are held against others. We see political and social issues that are, dry, that are just driving a wedge right in between us. We see a church, our church, arguing over and splitting over such things as racism and sexuality and interpretations of scripture and even theology. And in the midst of these divisions, their voices are loud. But we also have those that are trying to call for uniting, for uniting in holiness. But too often their voices are drowned out or they're discredited by all these false narratives or even silenced by other means, maybe even death. And they're done, all this is done by those who are not open or don't even care, really, about unity in holiness. Now, I believe that there is a unity in Christ that goes beyond every division that is going on in this world. Paul believed in this unity, and it is calling Corneth. He's calling us to seek out unity. Paul is telling us that in a world of division, we are called to bring people together in love. You know, the second greatest commandment that we must follow to love our neighbors. Paul is reminding the church of Corneth of that. Now, Mark Hopper says the entire passage raises the troublesome issue of how the Christian relates to culture. Is it possible to interact with our culture in the same way that we did prior to embracing Christ? Well, Mark Hopper, Hopper he says, Lent says no, we cannot embrace it the same way. The cross looming over the season says that radical, fundamental changes must be made. Now, being human, we have human tendencies. We have a tendency to hold on to things we probably shouldn't. We have a tendency to embrace certain ideas. There's nothing wrong with that. But is any of those things keeping us from the unity of Christ? Are there things that we maybe hold on to that is keeping us from moving forward in love? Well, Lent gives us a time each year to reflect on what we did in years past and see maybe where we got some things wrong. And it gives us a chance to work on those things, to say, okay, I'm going to put this into plan now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on this. Lent is a season of repair, a season of remodeling, a season of maybe a little bit of deconstruction and reconstruction. Now, one of, the, um, one of my friends that I follow on Facebook who just recently stepped out of the pulpit to start a new venture in her life, Sarah Heath, she's an author. We've read some of her stuff here. She bought an old Airstream. And if you know what an Airstream is, it's that big, long, silver bullet that you'd see towing behind cars. Well, she bought an old Airstream. Floor was rotten. Inside was just terrible. 
Tires were flat, kept going flat, couldn't keep them inflated. There was dents, there was dings, didn't have a shine on it anymore at all. She bought this Airstream and she named it Gidget. So now she, she works with Gidget. She lives in California, but Gidget is in Ohio, I think, or, or no, Oregon. It's in Oregon right now. So she has to travel back and forth to go work on Gidget. She hasn't, it's not roadworthy to bring home, so she has to work at it at some friends' houses. Like I said, Gidget needs work. And she has spent time ripping out the bad wood, the countertops, just stripping it all back down to the bare metal. And she's had to fix some of the rivets. She's had to fix the dents that were in the side. She's had to have the wheels completely sandblasted and repainted just so the tires will stay up. But as she is remodeling Gidget, she has this new vision for what this luxury motorhome or pull-behind trailer used to be. She's not going to turn it back into the exact replica of what it was. She's going to make it new, updated. She's going to make it a place that she can work with this new ventures that she's doing, but also have a place where she can stay while she's doing it and traveling around. So it's not going to be the same as it was before. So here is the analogy that I'm putting with that. We are like Gidget. We are all in need of some kind of work. We all need something. Now, some of us may need more than others, or some may need less than others. But just a few things in, in the scheme of this analogy. There's going to be some loose bolts that need to be tightened or that need to be replaced because they are no longer doing their job. Now, this could be you know, our views or our beliefs or our theologies that just maybe need a little more fleshing out, that we just need to put a little more time into and, and think about them a little better. Maybe we need to readjust them a little bit because things are different now from when we first had that view or belief. Or maybe, maybe we need a complete revision. Maybe we need something new in that spot. Then we have maybe this rotten wood that maybe needs to come out. This could be something like, you know, our thoughts and theologies that we've had for so long that we don't even remember why we have them. We may not remember who told us these things. We may not even remember the book that we read that, that we formed this thought around. So maybe that needs to come out or we need to rework it. The dents need to be knocked out. Now, our behavior as human beings sometimes bends us a long way from Christ. And sometimes we need to bang our way back to being in the mindset of Christ. And as we do this work, as much as we're pulling out, as much as we're changing and revising, we have to put that back in. We can't leave a hole in the floor. We've got to fill that back in. We've got to reform our ideas and our thoughts and our theologies, and we have to get back to the mindset of Christ. And when we do this work, our views and our beliefs are strengthened. We were never meant to stay in the same place. We always have to continue to learn to move forward in our faith. 
to look at the different things in the world through the eyes and the mind of Christ. So we have to do some work. But the beauty of this is that we don't do it alone. We have the Holy Spirit as guidance, but we also have this community of believers. We work on our individual selves, but we have to work on our individual selves with accountability, with a group that we can talk things out with. Am I hearing this right? Am I, am I thinking about this right? Is there something flawed in that piece? It doesn't mean that we agree on everything. It doesn't mean we agree on anything except the unity of holiness, the service of God. That is what brings us together and holds us together as a community, is the unity through holiness. And regardless of the differences that Christians might have with each other, they can share a united goal to live in personal and interpersonal holiness with each other, says Magreta Vega. The mutual desire to love one another can indeed heal many, many wounds. But it requires us to understand what those wounds are. And where we are hurting. But love. Love is the underlying theme of the ministry of Christ. Love God with your entire being. With your heart, mind, soul. Every fiber of your being. The miles of veins and nerves that you have in your body. You love God with every piece of that. And then the second is to love your neighbor as yourselves. To love your neighbor. To give, to help, to do what you can. Sometimes it's just a smile that somebody needs to see. Which is sometimes hard in these days because you know, we're still in this mask phase, but you can smile and people can see from behind the mask in your eyes because I've seen a lot of tired eyes over the past months because that's all I can see of their face. But I try to brighten my eyes and, and use my expressions to know that, hey, it's okay. When you're Standing in line at the grocery store and you're checking out. It's hard when you're looking through a piece of plexiglass. But, you know, maybe, you know, maybe strike up a conversation if it looks like they're having a rough day. Or if they're tired. Sometimes small talk makes a big difference in someone's life. We just never know what others are going through. And people never know what we're going through. I can tell you on my down days, I, I love seeing a smiling face. And for some reason, it brightens my day just a little bit. 
But there are days that I just, I can't, I, can't, I can't get over whatever I'm getting through. But that's okay too. Because I have people that ask, how you doing? Or you're on my mind today. And that's how we share the unity and share the love of Christ. It's not in the big things that we do. It's in the little things that we do. Just the little things. Because that's where it begins. Because if we try to begin with the, the big things, we'll get overwhelmed. But when we begin with the little things, oh, how the heart can shine. And how the love of Christ can shine through. So during Lent, as we put in this, this time, as we put in this work in anticipation of what is to come at Easter, we have to do the work. And we can't wait. We can't wait till tomorrow to do this because we don't know if we'll have tomorrow. Now is the time to do the work. Now is the time to say, God... I'm here for your service. So let's go out and seek holiness. Let's seek the unity that we have in the service of God. And let's not just let that be during the Lenten season. Let's be on a journey together, searching for the unity in the service of God. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As we bring our time to a close this day, let us stand and sing number 127, Guide Me, O thy, Thou Great Jehovah.
as we depart this place, receive this benediction. People of God, listen that you may live. Go forth and seek the Lord. Find all that is holy wherever you go. As our souls have been fed, so may we share our gifts and our blessings with others. And may the forces of evil become confused. <laughs>